Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. Of course, the big news is the loss of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, that was that kind of dominated waves. Um, it was not that it was unexpected. She was rather old and of ill health, but I do think that it somewhat tempered a little bit of the chatter in cryptocurrency around social media. The interesting thing is that the announcement came out and either it caught people off guard or they didn't connect the dots. For those that don't know kind of the reason that I think this one, this one hit number one, she was the second longest living monarch Uh, overall. We're talking worldwide. And, you know, I believe she started in the 50s is when she took the throne. And the big thing around her specifically was a a thought process around dismantling the monarchy, getting to more of a democracy, which I personally believe would be the death knell for the UK. I say this as somebody who lives in an alleged democracy. Of course, we're in really a republic, not truly a democracy. And I know some people don't understand that. And you're wondering, well, what does that have to do with crypto? I think you have to understand that things that like this that affect a country at a large scale are going to affect sentiment in anything, cryptocurrency or regular trading. It doesn't matter. I think you have to understand that anything that is a large, big impact item is going to have a downstream impact on you as an investor. So there are some, and I've received the feedback, that's why I'm talking about it now, who have echoed they don't really care unless it's crypto news. What I'm trying to make sure you all understand is that this is crypto news related. And I want to break down quickly why before I get into our news coverage. First of all, you have to understand, if someone like the queen passes away or a president passes away or somebody of strong notoriety passes away, people are largely going to focus on that event 
which means they're less invested or interested in trading of any kind. Stock, crypto, doesn't matter. That's going to affect price movement. So even if you're not in a country where you are directly impacted, you are indirectly impacted because those people are going to be temporarily distracted. That rhymes. Secondary to this, if, and this is not firm, we, we have a normal course of action now. I'm saying if there happens to be a shift in mentality away from the monarchy and towards something more democratic or equal rights or all these things that the queen had talked about, that's going to change people's sentiment. And I believe it would lean people more towards the energy uses deep, deep, deep narrative that's out there. In fact, the queen prior to her passing had even called out climate change and, you know, Greta Thunberg, and she was influenced by Greta Thunberg, this angry child. And she was one of those that was advocating for getting rid of things that are energy consuming. Well, understand, proof of work is one of those things. The government of the United States has influenced, arguably, a lot of these others to believe that proof of work is bad. I want to make sure you understand that proof of work is closer to the decentralized designs of cryptocurrency than proof of stake. Proof of stake is obviously more energy efficient. It has more opportunities for profit. It's easier to work with, but it takes away mining opportunities, which takes away mining profits. And it, to some degree, centralizes cryptocurrency because it's stake. Staking is required, the nodes and everything else. So my summary point is that any of these types of disruptions are going to affect you as an investor. And I recommend to you, even if you don't like to hear non-crypto news direct, it's important you understand that any news of this magnitude will affect crypto. And by virtue of this, it is crypto news that you should be interested in, which is why I like to cover some of these things that have any effect whatsoever on your investment ideals or strategies or plans, or even the availability of myself Leister and my podcast, because if you listen to my podcast to get set updates and there were something that affects, let's say me, and it's going to affect then my delivery of getting the podcast to you, I think you should know these things. The passing of the queen will not affect the podcast directly. However, if there are these cultural shifts in the UK that will have a downstream impact that I think you should be in the loop in and on, be aware of it. Just be in the loop and be interested in any and all news and be thinking about your call to action. Be thinking about how it directly connects to your investment planning and strategy. Don't dismiss news because we're not talking about a token. It's not about whether it's a token or not. You have to think about how everything is all connected. It's all a big house of cards at the end of the day. Now let's go ahead and get into our crypto news updates with specific uh, crypto news things. There are a couple of different things, some of which you know about, some of which you don't. Let's jump right into that. Anybody who grew up in in the 80s, you know, the 70s to a lesser degree, but certainly the 80s, will remember a game called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? And the point of the game is to find this criminal around the world. You're traveling around, you're getting these clues, and your goal is to locate the criminal so you can apprehend them. And when you get close, based on the hints and everything, 
it'll basically go do, 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 which is your hint that you're getting close to something and you either get shot at or they'll escape your grasp. Well, that sound, that little snippet came to mind when I read the first news, which is around dark pool. I want to define dark pool in simple terms that anybody can understand. To do this, you have to understand the way cryptocurrency traditionally works. Traditionally, there is a blockchain that controls and documents all of the different transactional activities that happen with cryptocurrency, including which wallets are doing what for where. There are two categories of transactions, though. What's referred to as on-chain transactions. On-chain transactions are those ones that are duly noted by the blockchain because they are executed through the blockchain. And they, you can know which wallets are sending what to whom. Then there's off-chain. Think of off-chain in the simplest form as a centralized exchange is doing whatever buys and sells but it doesn't go back to the blockchain. It doesn't need to because these are already acquired assets. We're not executing a contract to do any sends. We're not executing a contract to do the transactions. We're just simply buying and selling directly. I'll give you a very good analogy. If you were to go and purchase something from a store, somewhere that re- transaction is recorded because the cash register needs to note that there was a payment, that there was a payment method tendered, For a certain product, the product has to decrement the supply count so we know how much is available. Somebody has to notify the supply person to restock the shelves. There's all these transactional things that happen when you buy something from a store. None of that applies if you buy that same something from eBay or Craigslist or something else. It is a peer-to-peer, largely transaction that does not need all the dual note recording because it doesn't care about restock. It doesn't care about supply management. So if you think of an on-chain transaction as the equivalent of going basically to a store and buying from the one that's selling it directly, and you think of an off-chain transaction as essentially you purchasing directly peer-to-peer, essentially. The dark pool is how can we increase how many transactions occur off-chain? How can we get it to where pretty much the vast majority of what people would do would be in this dark pool, meaning that it is not through the blockchain? Dark pools are not new. Some of the actual central exchanges have basically dark pool types of transactions that they call peer-to-peer. But the problem, the real flaw, is when you do the peer-to-peer, you are trusting, implicitly trusting the person you're doing the transaction with. And you may not trust them. Second, those transactions bypass money laundering laws in certain countries. They don't have the same KYC requirements. To get around this, some of the peer-to-peer people, and I know this from having done it, they have imposed their own form of KYC. Things like having you do a selfie and hold up a sign that says, I agree to pay the do-do-do-do and a copy of your ID and some other back, you know, tool to go here and sign a thing. And it's, it's very hackneyed. It's very random. And everybody does it differently. The, the end game, though, is that once you bypass all this, you are then able to buy and sell directly from these people that are selling it, like a black market kind of thing. And that way you bypass, number one, you bypass the hoops that are normally necessary, like a, 
attaching your wallet to a thing. And then you got to understand their interface. Their interface is garbage like ShibaSwap. With the centralized exchanges, you're not really saving much because, again, many of these on these black markets, they have gotten smart to the KYC requirements and they will impose upon you way more than many of the exchanges do. I take KuCoin as a great example. KuCoin does a high pass of what they require you to do, but it's nowhere near what Binance.us does and some of these other ones do to vet you. Coinbase does a lot, but it's easier to do than the rest of them, and, but they're, none of them are consistent. And some of them don't do it at all. Gate.io didn't really do it much at all. And they let you do certain transactions. So a, an investor has to decide when you're trying to acquire your cryptocurrency, I'm talking get it for the first time. You can obviously go descend and that's perfectly fine. Just understand with descend, you are running contracts. There's the risk that there could be malicious contracts that take your money from your wallet. That's a real risk. However, going descend, you can pretty much get it from any of the swaps and you don't have to worry about KYC for the most part. If you go with centralized exchanges, you may be subjected to KYC, but it's easier to get access to the assets that you might want, and it's easier to trade them when you might desire to, and that'll get to one of my updates here later. So the dark pools are starting to be more and more of a thing. Here's the funny thing. It's being pushed by big hedge fund players. Big hedge funds basically want to do these traders, tradings rather, without the without the overhead, let's say, of the on-chain transactions, starting to move money kind of secretly. That's why I said, do, 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 do. They don't want to have their trails followed, but where's the money going? As I said in one of my earlier episodes, when you get the big players influencing cryptocurrency, we all should be worried. Now, that doesn't mean that this is a overtly terrible, catastrophic, kill the business thing. What I am saying is you want to be careful and just be in the loop. We have turned cryptocurrency. We're, we're getting to the point where cryptocurrency is being influenced by big players, which impacts your ability to possibly make profit, both for the good and the bad. And that's why people always say, don't invest more than you can afford to lose because when they get involved, as you've seen over the past, over 2020, 2022 for sure, you can't know when they're going to kill the business because they decide to dump a thing or they're insolvent as they run, like with the Celsius of the world. Just trade smart. Don't, don't yellow into stuff and trade smart. Make sure, again, there's a roof over your head, your family's fed, etc. The SEC has come out again, and I, you know, I really should get an award for this because I said this was going to happen. And certain people think I'm tinfoil, but it's it's a pattern with these idiots, right? I said that the current government doesn't like cryptocurrency. They want to ban it. They want to get rid of it. I also said that every time there's a bull run of some kind, it seems like one or more of them come out with a statement that appears to be purpose-driven to kill the business. Well, I like clockwork. Gary Gensler, SEC, chairman of the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, came out and said to the effect of, most cryptos are operating illegally. Uh, I believe the vast majority of securities, offers and sales of these are covered under securities laws, which means they're illegal because they pass the Howey test, which makes them essentially securities and would make them subject to the regulations under securities trading. So I said, <laughs> I said in a past episode, I do believe, in my opinion, that the vast majority of cryptocurrencies, as we currently trade them, 
do fit into the category of securities because of the way that we trade them. If you think of cryptocurrencies that are on a centralized exchange and you look at the Howey test, you can easily see why they say what they say, that they're essentially securities. Any cryptocurrency that is in the descend side arguably can kind of cheat it a little bit because in the descend side, you're not securing it by anything. You're basically just doing a buy transaction on a thing. It's not like you're doing margin. Now, some descends are doing this, which is bad. But generally, you're not doing the margins. You're not doing longs and shorts. You're not doing all the other stuff that makes the government kind of sit up and take notice. But I believe the timing of this happening to correlate to Luna's or Luna Classic, rather, rise and bull run, I find that very interesting. I'll get to that here in a hot second because my next update is actually around that same Luna Classic, aka Terra Classic, but it's Luna Classic, Lunk. Lunk is on a major bull run. Pretty much everybody that's estimating this expects that it's going to continue a bull run. Nobody can say exactly how long it will go, but people expect that it's going to continue to go higher. For I would say to a T. Everybody knows that FOMO's driving a lot of it. Everybody believes that the it's buy the rumor, sell the news. Everybody believes that people are stacking bags prior to the burn that's coming. It is currently up roughly 80%. And I want to put in perspective just how significant the climb is. Anybody that held from the moment it crashed and didn't sell in that initial pump that happened and then it went back down and now, right now, you are 37,000% up from where it was. My point, I said that as this climbs, you're going to have these whales that were created because they bought a whole crap ton because they believed this is going to recover. These people have made a mint if they held it. If they didn't and they took the 10X, it is what it is. But I'm saying anybody who's just patient and said, you know, I'm just going to marinate this, they're up a lot, a lot of money you still have these idiots out here talking about Lunk's dead and Lunk's a scam. And I, I will stress here and now, Luther Vandross, that Luna Classic is absolutely a gamble. It's a gamble because nobody knows what the future holds for this business. Everything is hope. Everything is this community-based hope driving the price forward and people believing, it's really FOMO, people believing this could turn into something. And the thing is, it could. So it's not like it's impossible. It certainly is more likely to make somebody wealthy because it already has more likely than SHIB to do it, more likely than Satama to do it, more even likely than Bitcoin right now to do it because of entry price. My point is it's probability of getting to like a dollar or 10 cents. It's highly improbable, but it's still possible. But the probability it can make somebody wealthy with a moderate to low investment is actually very good based on the current trajectory people see. Now, time will tell. It could absolutely, and people expect this, get to this pinnacle. As I said before, it's going to climb, and at some point it's going to have to plateau, and then we have to see the downward, but the buy pressure is so strong on it. And that's what I think some people miss, the naysayers. The buy pressure is tremendous on this one, more so than any other cryptocurrency right now, even Bitcoin. And it's likely, you also have to think of the net effect. If it's true that this goes up and gets to, say, the penny or the 10 cents and people do make a lot of money, I would argue people are going to buy into Bitcoin next and start pumping that one. That's my guess. We also heard from Terra Rebels that there are developers that want to get on Terra Classic. They see the community supports it. 
and they're not going to abandon it as other people speculated that they would. The tax being implemented then is kind of the icing on the cake to constrain the supply over time. Well, the, the burn itself is going to create some pressure upward. The key, and I want to stress this, nobody knows what this is going to end up being. So simply don't YOLO. Don't be smart. If you're going to invest, don't YOLO. Don't throw everything you got. I know it's tempting. Don't do it because nobody knows what the future is on this business. That said, there are already people that have been receiving life-changing profits from this because they were smart and held it, bought in at the lowest point, held it and waited and didn't listen to the naysay. And I give kudos to anybody that was able to make a really good profit, especially if they're in a country where it's hard to come by that. So there's Coinbase is at it again. Coinbase keeps flip-flopping. I don't know what they're, I don't know what, why. Okay, I, I don't know. There was a time when Coinbase would extremely refuse to list cryptocurrencies unless it was like a whole bunch of money was thrown at them, like with ApeCoin, that garbage or something else. And then they changed. They said, here's a list and we're going to list all these. And they started opening up to other types of cryptocurrencies. There's a couple of other ones they recently launched that were kind of unexpected, at least to me. Convex Finance, I never heard of. Ocean Protocol, I heard of. I thought it was crap. Convex is based on Curve, Dow. And Aurora. I had never heard of Aurora. Aurora apparently is from the Near Protocol. So the these are kind of offshoots of existing projects. I don't know the, why all of a sudden they decided to list these where they didn't list them before. My gut tells me that money was in play, that they paid a crap ton of cash to get Coinbase to open up and list because normally Coinbase is not so open to just list these types of a token fresh off, especially fresh off when the government's talking about securities and calling AMP a security as I covered in a previous. The White House has recently come out and once again, energy uses deep, deep, deep. If you didn't know, you don't live in the United States. We have a state called California. We also have a state in Nevada, which is where I'm at. California recently expedited a law that I believe is broken and is going to kill the business in the country. That's going to essentially ban sales of any quote fossil fuel based vehicles. So we're talking that they want every vehicle to essentially be an electric. Now I want to put this in perspective. Fresh off them announcing this law, they then sent out a broadcast to everybody saying, don't charge your electric cars because the grid is stressed. The grid is strained. What they don't understand, they do. Let me be clear. What they're not resonating with is our grid is not ready for a full electric. It never has been because we didn't get ahead of it. And I believe their rush to electric is going to kill things. We have rolling brownouts. We have forced outages. We have all this garbage that happens. And in some states, they won't even let you run a generator so you can keep your stuff on. So I believe this rush to electric is a mistake. I also think just because there's no style in cars anymore, everything is about efficiency and lightness of the vehicle we don't have any cars that are attractive on the roads anymore and that's because of this rush to you know energy efficiency well the white house thinks that you know oh now that we did this thing over here for cars we should now look at this energy usage deep 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 for mining on proof of work and start cracking it down as i said before back in march the president had issued an executive order that was talking about cryptocurrency and at the time i said this is the first step in them trying to lock stuff down. They're totally against proof of work, despite 
despite the fact that they can't really prove this direct impact that they think. They're just attacking all the low-hanging fruit around climate, even though a lot of these are going to kill jobs, a lot of these kill industries, and we as a country aren't really ready for these dramatic shifts of a thing. We're not. Today, we should be all the majority running hybrid cars. Hybrid, if done correctly, takes significant dependency away from fossil fuels. We essentially never marketed hybrids like we were supposed to. So in effect, we're skipping it and trying to rush to electric. Electric in many cases is twice the price of the equivalent fossil fuel vehicle because of all the technology in it. Mind you, we still have the semiconductor crisis. So I believe this is political, obviously, and the push against the cryptocurrency and the proof of work is all the same thing. It's political because all that's going to cause is proof of work to go underground. Now, that may not be a bad thing because, of course, cryptocurrency started underground and thrived underground. But I don't like that the government gets in the business when things are trying to succeed and there's an opportunity to use it for the greater good. But, of course, this is, this is how our government out here works. So they started talking about some restrictions. They, started, they released a report and they said, we might need to restrict the, quote, use of high-energy intensity consensus mechanisms for crypto asset mining. So what that's saying is that they may want to try to restrict, and they would probably do this with the ISPs because that's the only way that you could track it, restrict the ability to do anything that is a high energy use. Well, that's very subjective. I mean, gaming, in a sense, is high energy use. <laughs> it depends on the game. So there's no way to distinguish that traffic unless you do some traffic sniffing to really understand, hey, this is cryptocurrency traffic. Guess what? The ISPs can easily do that. So they would simply go to the ISPs and say, anytime you're seeing this type of a traffic, you need to shut them down. And they would definitely do that. If you're thinking they wouldn't do that, they would do that because they did that with peer-to-peer -peer sharing with MP3s. And as a result, and with movies and everything else, piracy. As a result, if you download something that has a name of a thing or is believed to be a, let's say a movie that just released, your ISP will definitely send you a letter talking about, we're going to shut you down if you do this again. Why? Because that was the only way that they thought to get ahead of piracy. Of course, Yes, VPNs can help get ahead of it. The problem is, is that with crypto mining, in certain cases, you still are able to track that it is cryptocurrency in nature because of the types of transactions. They can trace the types of traffic because it's still going over the pipe regardless of the fact that it's encrypted. They can still see certain key points that tells them this is cryptocurrency or they'll just make the assumption that it is. And they also can look at the energy pattern of energy consumption. So say you use a card to mine cryptocurrency or use ASICs, they can tell from the energy use, this is more likely cryptocurrency because of the spikes and the level of energy consumption. There's ways for them to do lockdowns. They would do it at the perimeter and it should worry everybody. It should concern everybody because it's not going to do anything for climate at all and just going to kill jobs and a great industry that is finally burgeoning back after such a collapse. My last bit of news, and I'll just go deeper into it. Luna Classic, the run is epic. The run is meteoric even now. And people are finally starting to come around to the potential that this could be a thing. Luna Classic is going to do one of two things. It's going to be the greatest comeback story in all of cryptocurrency, or it's going to be the greatest failure in all of cryptocurrency. I don't know which way it goes, and nobody else does either. I will say that, again, people have been made rich off this business. 
even if they got out now, they were made rich if they got in early. People that stick the course, it's a gamble. It's a large gamble. I believe that because Luna Classic, it happens to be proof of stake, so it's largely insulated from the garbage the White House is doing. So if nothing else, that adds a little bit of security because it means it's already excluded from the garbage they're trying to do. That said, I think many people don't fully understand the ramifications of what we're dealing with with the classic, because if we do get this mad run up to the penny, let's say, and there's a lot of millionaires made off of it, I do think that you're going to see announcements in the White House that talk about tax and tax haven and tax sheltering and everything else. I also think that the exchanges are going to stop trading because they're going to run out of money because there's going to be this mad dash of a thing. So a lot of people are getting in it. So people are estimating that because of the velocity, the speed and things of which is going up and that the current rate is pretty aggressive. People think that it gets close to 50 cents per by the end of the year. I'm telling you right now, if it gets anywhere close to a penny, you're going to start seeing some catchy, sketchy stuff from the exchanges, locking things down when it doesn't make any sense, blocking trades or doing something else, whether that's because the government told them to or because they ran out of money or why ever they choose to do it. Because I think that Luna Classic is going to disrupt enough that people are going to sit up and take notice and something's going to happen that people don't expect. So if you're in Luna Classic, you're trading it, unless you're day trading. If you're day trading, you're day trading. What I would recommend to you is keep it in your wallet. Don't keep it in the exchange. And I know it sounds weird, but consider they're going to put the burn on. The burn, for the most part, is always going to apply for the deposits and withdrawals. So a lot of people are cramming it into the exchanges prior to the burn being implemented. I understand why, but to me, I don't think it's wise to leave any crypto in an exchange where there's a strong probability of high value. Not your keys, not your coins. So that's my call to action if you are in Luna Classic. My recommendation, and I may stand alone and I'm cool with it, is don't leave your stuff in the exchange. Just keep it in the wallet, be safe, be smart, and no matter what, don't YOLO. If you toss a little money in it, make sure it's throwaway money. You truly do not care about losing because there's a high risk on this business, not just because of the, the FOMO and everything, but because we don't know what the government's going to do next, and that should frighten everybody. Hopefully, we'll move past, and hopefully, it's a non-issue, and I'm wrong. I truly do, because there's a chance for a lot of people to be made whole from the damage of 2021 if Luna Classic, if we could just buy some time for Luna Classic to at least get to November and the potential blowout and get some smart people in there that are just as greedy as everybody else and leave it alone long enough for it to hit wherever it's going to go. I think it's an exciting time. It's just also concerning because of the people in office is all. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. 
We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. To be smart with your investments, make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table, your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.